Hello, welcome to the Neighbors Church Podcast. This is Dan and Alexis with this week's conversation. Hi, friends. Uh, So if this has all gone as planned, while you're listening to this, my wife and I are currently, uh, hopefully, uh, prayerfully, somewhere (laughs) around 11,000 feet uh, deep in the high eastern Sierras on a, a backpacking loop. Um, I hope at this point we've reached what's called Mosquito Lake Number Five. Doesn't I really th- don't like that they call it Mosquito Lake because all the pictures of the Mosquito Lakes are stunning, and Mosquito is a terrible name for a stunning lake. Yeah, yeah, which which raises the question in a lot of people's minds: um, Why? Would you pack yourself into the middle of nowhere? You have no cell phone service. You have no access to restaurants. You have bear issues. Uh, you have mosquitoes. I am scared of bears. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're currently in the middle of nowhere. And, and of course, I think it's a justified question. Why would you do that? And maybe the follow-up question is like, what are you doing? And the answer to that, my dear friend, is wait for it nothing. We are in the middle of nowhere right now doing nothing. We hope. (laughs) We hope. (laughs) We have prayed. We have prepared. We have pre-recorded our podcasts so that we can be in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. nothing. Yes. So we, uh, we want to talk with you guys this afternoon or today or whenever you're listening to this. Um, about a concept that we've been developing for years now, and we think it may be one of the most vital things for you to consider in your own journey towards health, towards human flourishing, towards joy, and ultimately for us as apprentices of Jesus for being fruitful for the kingdom of God. And it is the concept of becoming a human being, just a human who is, instead of a human doing. We want to be, first and foremost, humans being, humans who base our identity and our life and our uh, experience on this gift called life, this gift of creation that God has given to us, versus building our identity around what we do and how hard we work and how much we work. And so there's a balance, as we're going to be talking about. That's a big idea for today. We're in the middle of nowhere. Alexis and I are just humans being in this moment. It's summertime. Um, Many people go on vacation. um, And if you can get away, we wanted to talk about how to capitalize on those moments where you're having reprieve from your more daily chaos. And we want to capitalize on learning to be a human that's being. So then when we return to humans doing, we can do that in a way that's life-giving. And it comes from this place of rest and spirit-fueled energy. You know, a lot of you have probably experienced this, this thing where you go on vacation and it's utter chaos. And when you return from vacation, everyone says, I feel like I need a vacation from that vacation. And that's kind of what we're wanting to talk about today a little bit is how how can we come back from a time of reprieve and actually feel like we had reprieve so we can go back into the doing? How can we be intentional with our time of being so then we can be fueled for the doing? 
Yeah, that's the key word, I think, is intentionality. You know, you, you may ask, why would you hike yourself out into the middle of nowhere? Um, there's a real intention in that. In the world that Alexis and I live in, and really the world that you live in, if we're not very intentional about disconnecting, then by default, we end up staying connected. And so for us over the years, and for me, honestly, I, I grew up backpacking the central sawtooths of, um, of Idaho, some of the most remote backcountry in the lower 48. And it's kind of in my bones. It's in my DNA. But when her and I, since we started backpacking together, when we get up to the mountains, when we're um, away from everything, there is a sense in which we feel like we're returning to the garden. And it's more than just the stunning imagery of alpine lakes uh, and, and cascade moments. There is, there is something about disconnecting from all the technology, all the industry, all the doing, and being in these beautiful places where you, you really have nothing to do other than survive, that's a key, um, you are returning to the garden in an intentional way. I've been reading a lot of Gerald May lately. He was a psychiatrist in the 70s, and his book, uh, Will and Spirit, is his large thesis on what he, what he came to call contemplative psychology. And he spends uh, a large amount of that book describing what he calls unitive experience. Unitive experience. Um, and so, have you ever had those moments uh, where maybe it's a sunset and you, you find yourself just kind of being lost in that moment? You're not on your phone. You're not thinking about what just happened or what's coming in the future. You're just taken with the sunset. A lot of us that do backpacking, we, we kind of go out there for those moments where you come over the ridge and you see the lake that you're going to be camping at and you see the vista and your breath is taken away mm -hmm. and you get lost in this all captivating moment where who you are is just lost in this presence of creation. And uh, May would describe that moment not only as a psychological moment, but he describes it as a spiritual moment where the soul gets a glimpse of what it is to be at rest, to be unified, to be participating with God. And so this intentional action, intentional decisions to bring us to places for unitive experience to occur, to open pathways. We're not pursuing experience. We're just creating the avenues intentionally for that to happen because not only may, but the entire narrative of the Bible would say the source of our energy and the source of our joy and the source of our mission in life, it is actually, it, it is fountainheaded. It is sourced in these participatory moments with God. And if we don't have those happening on a regular basis, if we're not being restored in those unitive moments of experience, then we're running dry. We're, we're running out of fuel. There's nothing like doing this massive hike like Dan was talking about, and then coming up over the top and you see this alpine lake that, like Dan said, literally takes your breath away. And for me, often in those moments, I am instantly reminded of God's hugeness and my smallness. And there's this peace that floods my heart. Because I think, I'm going to go so far as to say, most of us, if not all of us, tend to live our lives in a way where we're really huge in the narrative. We're big. 
and everything is kind of working around us. But then when you get out into these mountain views and you see this incredible lake that's tucked back in the middle of nowhere and your breath is taken away, you're reminded, oh, I'm not so huge. I'm actually quite small. And there's this incredible God who literally is holding all of this together. And this peace comes over you because you're like, what am I? What on earth am I warring for? Why on earth am I fighting and working so hard? Don't get me wrong. Hard work's important. We want to teach that to our kids. It's an important thing to be able to work hard. That's a good character quality. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living our lives in such a way where we're huge and everything else is small. And to be reminded in a moment that's so important. No, actually, God is huge. And I'm partnered with him, working with him. That, uh, Lex, that was just honestly profound. What you just said, um, the reality that we live our life as we're as if we're the big ones. You guys need to know, like, this isn't in our notes. She just so pastored my heart. So thank you for that. Theologically speaking, um, Adam and Eve Think about this, you guys. They are created on day six. Their very first experience of being human is just breathing. This is why we always try to encourage you to be aware of your breath. It's the essence of being human and alive is your breath. But then the next day is Shabbat. It's, it's Sabbath. It's the holy day of rest. The human experience from the beginning was engineered and oriented around this place of um, garden intimacy Garden holiness, garden simplicity, garden rest. And it's not only in, um, you know, the long journey to the Alpine Lake. It's, it's being disconnected in an intentional way. Not only intentionally disconnected from the, uh, from the technology that drives us, but when you are in a space where there's nothing to do, you begin to disconnect from the narratives that are driving you. That I'm the biggest thing in this world. Um, I'm the biggest centerpiece. Everything orbits around me. You can disconnect from that when you're intentional about these things. You know, we have to remember that God created us for delight and flourishing. Our limitations are used by God in a way to keep us tethered to Him so we can flourish. You know, taking a moment to pause, whether that be a full day or a week or on, you know, some vacation, it serves as a way to remind ourselves that we were created by God for both work and play, for his glory and for intimacy with him. It's actually kind of sad because most of us have the work part down pat, but we don't have the play part down. (laughs) You know, often we feel like life is a grind and many lack joy and some have forgotten that, yes, while there, you know, there is hard life things we go, th- go through, there's also this joy abundant to be had in this life that God wants for us. And recreation, Sabbath, those are ways in which our good Father is inviting us into that joy. So I can, I can hear some of my friends right now, um, and we are not saying that you have to pack, some, pack in some 30-mile loop back in the icy area. Like, True. This is what we do <laughs> yeah, to delight. Yeah. I can literally, like I have friends uh, 
who, whenever I tell them about backpacking and camping experiences, they're like, oh, camping is oh. (laughs) All right, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, And so, listen, if that's not your thing, great. You do have to find your garden, though. Uh, You're going to have to find your garden, and you're going to have to return to it in a rhythmic way. And so that is uh, our encouragement to you is to right now in an intentional way, if it's a vacation thing this year, how might you make vacation this year or some getting away time this year? How might you make it an actual return to the garden versus just another checked off the list workload thing that's going to make you more tired when you get back? Now, I know this might be a little controversial, but I'll just approach it from the point of view that Dan and I have. Um, When Adam and Eve were brought into the garden, um, they were brought into a war zone. Yeah, um, very controversial. (laughs) We can address this. You can email us. But we are persuaded death already existed and that they were to go and subdue the earth. That was already dealing with some messed up stuff like a deceptive talking snake, as weird as that was. So we'll leave that for you and let my wife make her amazing point. (laughs) But all that to say, in that war zone, they had things they had to resist. And it's the same with us as garden people. There's various fronts that we have to resist in the war zone that we're living in. And so we have to resist um, the battle with self. It's important when we're on these vacations and we're Sabbathing, all of that, we have to learn who we are as beings instead of who we are as doers. And for some, that's like really overwhelming and difficult to do. But that's a place where you have to resist maybe your flesh's more natural tendency to only do and not to pause. We also have to resist um, socially. Societally, there are a lot of pressures to hustle, to grind, to go nonstop. And we celebrate these 80-hour work weeks with no breaks. And I think, honestly, COVID has given an opportunity for a lot of people to slow down and go, oh, wow, I was wrung out. And because they've had some pause, they've seen like, man, I needed this. Or they've been able to say, "Ah, working from home, I can get the same amount of work done in 20 hours that would take me 40 at the office. Oh, yeah, we've heard. That's like so true. And so... You know, having this constant access to email and technology, it doesn't help us. And so it's important that we resist that in seasons and we say, okay, it's time to shut this all off. Yeah. And then this one is going to be controversial as well, not theologically, but relationally. So we may hit some sensitive points here. We have to, in the war zone, as we're trying to return to the garden, um, resist the pressures to self that narrative that we've got to be doing, 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 we resist that. And then societally and within society, we have to also resist the pressures of family. Oh, yeah, there, I said it. Um, The family dynamic is difficult, and it requires a lot of prudence and wisdom, especially if you live far from your extended family, and especially if you're a married couple with young children, because Grammy and Grandpa can exert a tremendous amount of pressure that is overwhelming. Yeah, and obviously there's a balance. You know, it's not like you're wanting to ignore your family. Um, That's not the way of Jesus. 
our family is important. We were born into families for a reason, not to forsake them or to ignore them. But there's also the balance of, okay, there needs to be some space and margin where we don't have to have the pressure of connecting with extended family as well, where we can just be and not be on in that relational way. Um, And then one third and final point of resistance is resistance of Satan. Um, He wants to keep us busy and distracted. And so it's important that as we take time, we pray and we prepare our hearts um, for that time because he wants to distract us. Yeah. You know, we're using this war zone language. Wars require uh, a massive amount of strategy and planning and preparation. We don't go into a war um, lightheartedly. And so if you think about a return to the garden on your time away this summer or for a day even, uh, think about it in the context of I'm going to be shot at. There's going to be pressure. There's going to be opposition. I need to have a plan and a strategy, and I need to be intentional about my disconnection for rest. Sometimes that's where the most disappointment can come in is because you aren't prepared for the intensity of the war zone when you're trying to have a moment of reprieve and you're not prepared for it. And so being aware and going into it equipped and ready to focus and delight, but also aware that I needed to prepare for this because there are going to be a lot of things, a lot of distractions, a lot of bullets fired, so to speak, that um, we need to be aware of. Totally. So here's what we want to close with, you guys. This is just encouragements to you. This is not a to-do list for you if you're going to be getting away, if you're going to have some vacation time. These are things that we have adopted as concrete, practical ways of praying and preparing and then actual decisions and actions that give us these moments of unitive experience that create space for us to just be humans being versus humans doing. And so for us, we created this like list of like full send, meaning full send into disconnection. And as I already said, it looks like us being in the middle of nowhere right now. That doesn't have to be you, but here's just some things that we'd like to give to you guys to consider. I'd say number one, delete apps off of your phone, turn off and leave the phone even better. I literally, I literally just felt the anxiety level for you and my body rise as she said those words. I've been a digital hermit for about a year now. And so I feel for you. Yeah. But delete the apps and really make your phone a dumb phone for that time. Um, Number two, limit your media as well. That's Media can include news, it can include Netflix, YouTube, anything um, on your phone and computer that's coming in, really limit that. Yeah, and remember, there's balance. There's balance to all of this. Um, of course, it, while we're on vacation, we love watching movies with the kids, and we'll pick a particular series like one year we marathoned all the Rocky movies, right? It's super fun. But the intention, the intention is if we're going to do that, we also are going to have extended amounts of time where there's absolutely no media coming into our system. And it's incredible with technology now because you can put auto replies on your email and your texts. And so if you're needing to be connected in some way, you can have that auto reply go out where people know immediately, okay, I'm going to be getting to this or 
If you do have to check your email, I would encourage you to commit to only one time a day at a specific time where you're checking your texts and emails. Even one time if you're going on, let's say, a two-week vacation, one time every three days, really give yourself space to breathe. And every time that uh, that inclination to check the email, to check the newsfeed, to distract comes up, let that be a space of becoming aware of creation, that you're alive, that you are returning to the garden uh, with God. I would say one of the most important things that we have practiced very intentionally in our times over the years um, is sleeping. Mm -hmm. Sleep. I cannot, I literally cannot emphasize enough the importance of sleep and sleep hygiene and naps and what it does to our biochemistry and what it does to the hormones in our body and what it does to the repair systems of our body. So then biologically or somatically, when our body is rested, it's able to interact, you know, as an embodied soul with the spirit in a much more clear way. There's just, there's so much both hard evidence and anecdotal evidence that sleep may be one of your greatest acts of worship. I think in the garden, Adam and Eve spent a lot of time laid back on the cool of the grass, taking a nap as God just delighted over his kids sleeping. Closely tied to that is eat nourishing foods. Um, it's vacation time, so sometimes there can be the mentality of like, ooh, I'm going to kind of be free and eat what I want. And yes, it's important to have fun food and to, you know, have the milkshakes. Like last year when we were in Tahoe, I think for like four nights in a row, we went and got blizzards together, Oreo blizzards, and it was like a super fun thing. But I think to balance that, just keep in mind, like eating nourishing foods um, is just as closely tied to our sleep hygiene. What we eat is important as well as it does affect our mental well-being and that kind of thing. And so have fun with your food, but also limit it. Yeah. What if this is the year that you come home from vacation and you're not like all bloated and gassy and need to lose 15 pounds? <laughs> um, it's, it's fun. It's fun when it's balanced and in moderation. And on the moderation piece, oftentimes, uh, because this current form of Christianity in the West has suddenly discovered that we can drink beer um, and we can drink wine and we're not going to, you know, that Jesus actually created wine. There, there's a, you know. And so Christians can sometimes go a little bit off the rails, especially on vacation when it comes to alcohol consumption. I'm on vacation. I'm by the pool. I'll have another margarita, please. Moderation, my dear friend. It will help in so many ways. And again, the evidence uh, biochemically is that alcohol, it's just in the moment, it's great. It's a depressant. It's going to relax you. But in the long run, alcohol is not doing anything good for your system. And so limit alcohol um, or even exclude alcohol for certain seasons of returning to the garden and restoration. Mm -hmm. A fun thing you could do is read a book. Maybe some of you don't like to read books. You don't have to read a book, but it can be fun to just read a book that's actually entertaining and not maybe for learning. A lot of people read books that are meant for learning, but read a book for fun. Um, and if you don't want to read a book for fun, play a game. There's cards, board games, do things to have fun. On the book thing, I, I have to be very intentional about this. I actually take great delight and I have the immense privilege that I actually am 
paid by a community of people to read books that I love reading, theology books, leadership books, strategy books, um, all things that help the shaping of discipleship within a community. And so when I'm on vacation, I'm like, oh, now I can plow through this book and plow through this book. And I'm always tying that to sermon illustration or to teaching or to discipleship or to coaching or to counseling, yada, yada, yada. I have to be very intentional about, you know what? Um, I'm going to read some fantasy book with like dragons and swords and stuff in it. I love those books. And then I actually, I actually have to be really careful about like not deep diving, um, you know, like Tolkien because Tolkien's just full of sermon illustrations. And so I have to get some obscure book that nobody has ever read uh, and, and enjoy it. And there are these moments of great uh, delight where I'm like, whoa, I'm reading a book and it has nothing to do with anything but me reading a book. It's amazing. Along with that, uh, one encouragement would be if you've been doing a Bible reading plan, like a yearly program or something, one thing that I do on vacation personally is I slow down. And each day, rather than digesting several chapters a day, I take one to five verses that I chew on and I meditate on throughout the day. And so rather than this like push for digestion of the scriptures, which is great and important and valuable on vacation to go along with this slowing down. I choose to slow down my scripture reading as well and meditate on specific texts throughout the day. You know, a challenge for you might be because you've been, we've all been so trained by our Western system of of Christianity. Every day you do your quiet time and your reading time, take an entire day, get up and don't read your Bible at all. And then when that guilt begins to rise up, be like, Wait, today, Father, this guilt is a pointer to me living a Christian lifestyle that is all about doing. Today, I'm choosing not to do to honor you. And let him speak to you in that space. Don't do it a lot. Do be in the texts, but slow down as you're in the texts. Now, on the slowing down piece, here's another one that I have found important for myself personally. If you're an exerciser, let's say you're a runner uh, or you're a CrossFitter, um, I have found over the years that I need to intentionally stop. I get into these uh, rhythms of physical exercise, and I'm a CrossFitter, which is a very intense protocol. And um, on vacation or on times of returning to the garden, my body just needs to actually stop. No intense running, no intense workouts, going for slow, slow walks and taking in the movement of my body through time and space with God in the holding his hand, so to speak. Um, over the years, I've noticed I would try to go to the gym when we were on our time away and <laughs> walk into the gym and just get super depressed and like just stare at the bar and then walk away. And as soon as I would walk away from the gym, I would feel great. And so take that into consideration. Now, this is for if you're married, but I think this is a good one. little R-rated point here. <laughs> if you're married, we would encourage you to up your sex life. And that means be creative, have fun, break out of whatever your normal mold is. Uh, obviously, that's honoring and uh, biblical within marriage. But have fun together and change things up. Um, and take your sex life on vacation to the next level, like literally level up your sex life. You know, I feel like I can hear some of us going, oh, did they just say sex? And I can hear others of us just like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> All right. 
Here's the final piece uh, that we think is really helpful for you to consider. How to return to the garden. How to be a human being. Um, You need to learn to say no and not feel obligated to any community. Um, People oftentimes do not understand. They get their feelings hurt, as we already said, with family especially, but even our circle of friends. Um, It's important that you have that circle of friends that you can tell them, we're deep diving garden restoration. It's just going to be myself and the Lord. And give them a timeline, like we're three, four, five days, and we're going to be saying no to this event and no to that event. And even, honestly, uh, Sunday gatherings at church. It's amazing what happens when you just take a break from everything that you consider your Christian practice and just be for a season, for a short time, for a duration of time to experience God and you with God. And on the balance to that, if you're single or maybe you are in a situation where you're married, but you're like working a ton and you actually feel like vacation is a time for you to press into community, then do that. All of this is for having fun, delighting, increasing joy that that God wants to give us and experiencing delight each day. So then when we are working, we've had these moments, the back and forth, so to speak, of being and doing. So it's crazy times, y'all. It's very intense times. And more than ever, um, a return to the garden is so important for Jesus to lay us down by still waters and green pastures and to hold our hand in the cool of the day. And we hope and pray for you that you can have those unitive moments of experience where you just sense, I'm participating with my God today, and that it will give you a new strength and a new resolve and a new hope um, for what we're living in, in the midst of these unprecedented times, and that we would be a fruitful people. Love you guys. Enjoy your time off. Shalom. Shalom, friends.